Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have the developers behind the upcoming title known as River Tales Stronger Together. Thanks for joining, you two. Thank Hi, you, Joshua, for inviting. Uh, thank you. We are glad to be here. I'm glad I'm glad you both could make it because I'm always looking for games that I'll be able to play with my wife. And I think River Tales is one that we can definitely get into. Um, but before we get into the game, we always start with the people that made it. So I want to know a little bit about yourselves, kind of how you got into game creation, uh, how you got here today. Why don't we start with uh, Gabriel um, and then we'll go to Francesco after. Sound good? Perfect for me. So um, I play games since I can remember. It was one of my favorite passions. So love for the games is something that is old as, my, as, as me. And yeah, uh, I shared this passion with Francesco because we met uh, when we were seven. So we know each other for a lifetime. Oh, yeah. And this was definitely a great point in uh, start working together and this adventure because we know each other really well. And so it all started when a day, a day when Francesco asked me, uh, Gabriele, why don't we make a video game? So, <laughs> and I then said, now you're here. <laughs> yeah, let's get started. So it's as, yeah, it's as simple as that, right? <laughs> yes, at least this is the story from, uh, from my point of view. So let's hear Francesco's one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I I always play like a lot of platformer games when I was five years old. I, I think my first game was Crash Bandicoot 1. Uh, and my brain was probably trying to catch everything that, that was seeing. So uh, like every time I want to do something, uh, I, I come back to Crash Bandicoot style. Uh, I don't know, it's something that really stick into my brain for years, uh, for <laughs> more than 25 years now. Uh, so uh, I don't know, like in River Tales, like I think one of the the main uh, the main inspiration you can see is Crash Bandicoot. Uh, but yeah, after that, I decided that I wanted to draw and work in the animation industry. Uh, so I worked for the past ten years into the animation industry. Uh, for uh, I started as a concept artist, so I used to draw uh, a lot for uh, it, it was TV series for kids and commercials. Okay. Uh, and after that, after that, I, I I became art director for a TV series, and I've done five years of that. Uh, and then I always love the video games, and it's something that I always come back to every every evening. I think like after work, I come back to video games, and uh, I have started listening a lot of podcasts about in the past four years, five years about uh, game design, level design. Huh. Uh, and after that, I said, okay, like 
uh, I, I have seen Gabriele uh, two summers ago uh, because we, we spent holiday together. And I say, hey, man, you know, I, I think we can quit our job and with our savings try to, to make a game. Uh, why, why, don't you, why don't we do that? And he said, yes, and we started. We started like learning from scratch. Unit. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's it's crazy to me when I hear stories like this, because the idea of doing something like that and just being like, yeah, let's just quit our jobs. Let's, you know, regardless of your confidence level in it, I feel like it's such a, a risky decision, right? It it takes so much of yourself to say, you know, we can do this. Like we we can make a game. We can become this team and actually design this. Uh, Gabriel, what was going through your head when Francesco said this? You know, like what was the the deciding factor where you were like, you know what? I, th- I think we can do this. So uh, when Francesco asked, the, um, I immediately said yes. Um, wow. Well, yeah, because um, I was at a point in my life where I really needed a new thing that was uh, important for me. Gotcha. And in the last year, in the last few years, I did a, I did the job that I really didn't like to. Right. Um, I worked for, uh, I did edit for uh, social media and mm. videos. And, you know, I'm, cinema is one of my passion. So this was the, the jobs that was closest to, to my passion, but it wasn't, uh, you know, fulfilled. For me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what from Francesco asked this was, uh, you know, I immediately, and I understand it was clear for me what uh, was the answer that I was looking for, because I was just waiting for something. So it, it happened like this. Yeah. It just it was meant to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just That's to, awesome. At the right point. Well, that's interesting. Um, tell me a little bit about your studio. So your studio is called Kid Onion Studio. Um, first off, interesting name. Um, why Why is the name uh, Kid Onion? Uh, so yeah, about Kid Onion Studio, uh, there is a story behind it because we came from the same town in Italy uh, and the town is Catania uh, mm-hmm. where there is, a, there is a special dish that's called Cipollina. And it means little onion. So hmm. we wanted to, uh, it's not an onion. Like it has, it has got onion. Uh, it's one of the ingredients, <laughs> but the name is little onion. And right, we wanted right. to have something that is linked to our roots without being too, like, too specific. Like we want to make something that sounds even English and international, but we want a link to our roots also. Right. Uh, so we say, okay, little onion, but we don't like the name little onion. Uh, what about <laughs> kid onion? And we thought about this little logo of a uh, of an onion smiling. Uh, yeah. And we were thinking about animation. I always think about the animation side of things. And I say, okay, if we have to animate this logo, uh, we can make something very playful as the game that we want to make. So yeah. it was uh, it was fun. And and once we did uh, a little uh, uh, a little test in which we have cut a lot of pieces of paper. Uh, with friends, uh, and we wrote like two words, and each of us had to pick two uh, pieces of paper blindly without seeing what was the name. And after ten rounds, the finalist was Kidonion, and we say, okay, that's that's 
that's destiny, you know, that's fate. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to yeah, be. Gonna be. It's going to be. So, so this is the story behind the name. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's good. I mean, it sounds like a lot of this is destiny, right? Gabriel, he knew right away that he had to say yes to this. He had to, to become part of this team. He wanted to make this game. Kid Onion, it, it was meant to be. You know, a lot of things are just, they're lining up for you. I, I like it. Um, tell me a little bit about the team. Is it just the two of you? Are there other people helping you out in Kid Onion Studio? What does the the full gang look like? So and um, I'm in charge of the the coding. Francesco is the, the lead artist, uh, the concept artist, and um, our director. And mm-hmm. so we need also other rules, other people who can help us in, the, in this adventure. And we are actually. Uh, um, there is a music composer that is working with us, Leonardo, and we also have uh, Amedeo, that is a senior uh, 3D animator and friend of Francesco, and it's such a great, uh, you know, strong point of the of the team. Um, yeah, yeah. We also have the two 3D modelers and, tech, and texture artists, Maddalena and Anna, and they are making a really great job. But also. Uh, Marco, that is the head of marketing, and it's really doing a great job uh, in uh, no making the game uh, known to the public. Uh, yeah, is is working on the all our social media presence, so Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Is um, doing yeah. a great job. Yeah, I mean that, that was one of the the main ways that I found you was through yeah, through Twitter and some of the the you know very uh very well done uh, when it comes to animation side uh trailers of just you know not giving you like too much of what the game is so far of those teaser trailers but giving you enough where you're like what's going on here right where you see the the little cat and 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 fish with these hijinks of them bouncing around and you're like hmm this game looks cute i, I maybe i'll <laughs> check it out right yeah yeah exactly that was uh, our point uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm sure. Um, let me talk to you a little bit before we get into the game. Uh, I want to ask, because this is, you know, Kid Onion Studio is working on this game and this is your first one, right? Um, there's a lot of pressure that goes into your first game yes. or a studio's, uh, you know, this is this is your, your name, right? This is, what is Kid Onion Studio? They do, most people will associate you with now this platformer style co-op type game because it's the one that people know of, right? Um, why, why exactly? And I'm sure you went through multiple iterations of different types of games or different themes or what you wanted to do before because I know there's a lot of usually like, all right, what do we want to do? Let's let's workshop this before a, a real concrete idea comes through. How come you landed on on River Tales, right? Like, why is this the game that Kid Onion Studio needed to make? We felt, uh, like Gabriel and I, uh, we grew up together, right? And uh, we used to spend a lot of evenings together uh, looking for games to play in co-op. Mm-hmm. So that was the first spark because we say, okay, like a lot of time we find games, uh, like co-op games, we finish them. And then it's really hard to find the next one. Right. And and we felt, you know what, uh, I think like we should make one because we were making a game that we are actively looking for to play on those evenings. Uh, yeah. So we realized like, you know, uh, we, we felt there were not enough out there about those games. 
And when you do the first game, you want to do something that you hope people are going to look for, right? You want something that you feel maybe there is a little hole in the market or you feel like, okay, uh, there could be more of this kind of things or this kind of genre. Uh, so uh, after the first brainstorming, that was even when we were starting playing with Unity together, mm-hmm. uh, I think that we knew like after a week of talking that we wanted to do a co-op game, uh, it was not very hard to decide the kind of genre because we wanted to play it. And, and it was enough to us because, you know, like we thought, okay, if we would like to play this game, probably there are going to be people like us out there. Right. So yeah. we know each other. Let's make a game for each other. And, and also let's hope for the best. We knew nothing when we started. And, <laughs> and it, it's, still, it's still like we, we had some good feedback from people after we did the first prototype. And after that, we said, okay, let's keep working on this. We think there is something, even if it's quite rough, because we did it in one month, the first prototype. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe we can keep working on it. Even if it was a, just a crazy idea when we started, it could have some potential. So, yeah, that's how it all started. Yeah, yeah. How long has the, the game been in development as of now? Uh, officially, four months. Uh, only, only four months, really? Yeah, o- officially when we did the first project of River Tales, like okay. the, the the one called River Tales, it's it's four months. Even because uh, I could start designing character after my contract ended, uh, uh-huh. so I couldn't do any design because of contract for other jobs. So uh-huh. before with Gabriele, we used to talk a lot. We used to study Unity and study tools that were useful to make the game, for example. Right. Uh, but the first file of River State with the name was four months ago. Wow. It was not four months ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got to say, uh, kudos to both of you, because if it's only been four months and I just played the demo recently, that's a, a hell of a, a an accomplishment in just that short amount of time. I know there's obviously a lot of prep work that went into it, but that is quite a turnaround for sure. Uh, thank you, Josh. Joshua, I'm really, really happy you like it. Of course. I, I'm very interested in, in this idea of you creating games that you want to play. I think it's very, it's very often that I hear this, actually, where people will say uh, video game developers are people who just want to create games that they would want to play because it, it makes sense, right? You know what you like, and it's most likely that there's going to be another person out there who has that same interest, who wants to play a game the way you do. And I even talked about it myself. I'm always looking for a new co-op game that I can actually play with my wife because it, it is hard to find these games. Whether, you know, whether there is an abundance or not, I feel like there's just not as big of a market when it comes to these types of games, right? There's not as much of a push for these, you know, two-player co-op type games where you can just sit down and and have a good time. Um, but I, I want to actually dive into the game now because I, I think this is a great transition point to really talk about what River Tales is. We've kind of mentioned a number of things about it, right? You know, uh, different characters, different elements to the game, but for someone who doesn't know anything about River Tales, how would you two describe this game? You know, what makes it special? Let's get the, the elevator pitch, if you will. So, uh, River Tales is a co-op uh, 3D, 3D uh, game that you can play with uh, anyone. You can play with the, your girlfriend, you can play with the, your uh, partner. Uh, if you're a parent, you can play it with your son and you can play it with the, or your brother or your sisters. So, it's 
perfect for a wide but also specific kind of people. People who want to play together, people that are experiencing this need right now, uh, exactly because there's COVID. So we have to rediscover the, you know, the society in Sally House. And playing games is a great thing to improve the com uh, communication in, uh, in the family. And also, yeah, we call and say, uh, understand the, each other needs and, uh, you know, uh, working together uh, for achieving something because we, as the table say, stronger together. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like this emphasis on building character or relationships, not within the game, but actually outside between the person that you're playing with. Um, before we dive too much into the game, kind of what what exactly were you hoping to achieve from an experience when it comes to having this co-op, you know, having multiple people? Is there an element of that based on the mechanics in the game, right? As far as like relationship building. Yeah, because, um, you know, um, when we often play the video games that are co-op, they are really designed for be co-op games, but they often single player experience that are uh, uh, translated in these, in a way they can be played into, but... Right, they just slap an extra to, character in it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's not the gameplay that is designed for this experience where you have to work really together because in the game, uh, you play as a, a cat, farpole, and a fin, and the fish fin that um, have to, uh, you know, take a, up, in a journey upstream along the river, and um, they can go on so much if they, they don't work together. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. um, there are obstacles, obstacles that the cat can overcome without the, the fish is helping. So uh, it's force the, the game to communicate uh, with, with the, the, your partner. Yeah, yeah, I think like uh, in terms of mechanic, as Gabriel is saying, every time we try to add a new mechanic and we test it, uh, one of the first questions that we ask ourselves, even if it's fun, we ask ourselves, like, are we communicating like, to, to achieve something? Like, are, we, mm -hmm. are we talking through this section of the game? Because sometimes like, we add the mechanic, for example, we had little collectibles, and you could collect those, or with a fish or with a cat. But they were fun, but we were not communicating while we were doing that that action. Right. So we thought, okay, this is fun, but other games have it. Let's 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 scrub it out from the game and let's put only mechanics that bring us together and force us to communicate. So hmm. that's that's one of the direction we take. And the question is very simple: like, you test something, are we communicating? No. Okay, maybe it's not for us. And and we test something else. So yeah, communication I think is the is the keyword of every every aspect of the mechanics or, or what we are trying to achieve. Right, right. I really like that idea. I, I think it's such a cool way to do it. And I think it does add to the element of this is a co-op game rather than a game that just allows a second player, right? Um, mm -hmm. I I'm very interested, just you know, mechanics aside and and that aside. I'm interested in the duo that we have here because it's it's uh, a little strange uh, or ironic that your two characters are a cat and a fish, right? Um, very unlikely duo that you would see uh, pairing together. Uh, what what was it about 
a, a cat and a fish, really? Like, how did these two come together? What's the story behind this? So um, the story, sorry, is really simple, and um, it's all about. Um, I mean, uh, there is a big bad white wolf that is threatening uh, Farpole's family, and Farpole is a little cat that uh, who lives in the top of a mountain. And when the wolf arrives, you know something happens, and Farpole falls from the mountain. And he falls right in the head of Finn, the fish that is, you know, a grumpy guy. <laughs> he don't want to, he want to stay alone. And that's all. And, and, you know, a cat jumped to his head. And from this moment on, his, his life starts to change. And you have the, all the developing of the character, uh, all, uh, you know, till the end of the of the experience. So hmm. if you want to discover more, uh, let's look for the project in the, in the you know, in the, in the upcoming times. Yeah, yeah, in the future. We'll see a little yeah. bit more of how they develop. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because it's it feels like a very like Tom and Jerry type situation mm. where, well, some of the episodes, right? There's some episodes where they're on the same team. The others, they're a little bit against each other. But um, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting duo. Uh, I do like the cutesy art style as well to it. I think the animation is definitely uh, a, a big selling point of this game. And it, it feels very like, uh, you know, Saturday morning cartoon um, in, in a lot of ways. What was your your inspiration for the art direction, right? Like you have a lot of those more vibrant colors and that more like, it, it doesn't automatically give off that like wacky vibe, but it has the same kind of like animation style uh, and, and and color palette that would kind of play into that. What what was the, uh, you know, the inspiration or the the conversation around how this game should look? Uh, I think uh, the inspiration is very hard to to answer this because uh, uh, I have been like a designer for the past uh, fifteen years now, and uh, the inspiration comes from <laughs> all what I like to draw. So it's yeah. it's quite it's quite hard to just pinpoint something that was the inspiration. I I just felt that in the animation industry in the past ten years I. I was just forcing to follow a style or sometimes like you have a client or you have, I don't know, like a, a broadcaster that more or less decides the style. Right. And, uh, and I felt a bit constricted about like doing whatever I wanted to do and what I felt like uh, it was something that I really wanted to design as a personal project. So uh, I am leaving like this project as, I'm designing what I'm having fun to design. Even that, like, is something that is very personal. Uh, so I didn't do much research in order to say, okay, maybe we should do this because this works more. Uh, it was more of designing what I enjoy designing and right. then trying to transform it into, into a video game. Uh, and, yeah, of course, there are some inspiration. I, I won't say that I don't have inspiration at all because that, that's false. But, for example, lots of Crash Bandicoot, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. And then there is a lot of Spyro also. Uh, and then, yeah, I also love Gumball uh, or all the Cartoon Networks kind of cartoons. 
and if you see the smile, for example, of the the shape of of the fa- facial expressions are very are very cartoon networky, I would say. So huh. it's a blend of things that I I have loved in the past and I love to design. Right, right. Well, I am interested in the idea of you finally being able to to be a little more free with your mm-hmm. artistic expression. I think that definitely comes out in a in a good way in this one. Thank you, Joshua. I of course, it. of course, um, and I can I can clearly see the more Cartoon Network aspect to it. I it it has like I said that that very like old for me um, nostalgia type cartoon vibes mm-hmm. to it because it feels very much like a lot of the cartoons that I grew up watching. Yeah, um, I I wanted to mention or I I did mention this at the top of the interview where I said you know I'm I'm always looking for new co op games. I, I want to play with my wife. I want to have, you know, that, that two-player experience. Now, here's the one thing. She, so I am, I'm very seasoned when it comes to playing a lot of games, different types. Uh, I'm not the best, but I'd say I'm pretty average when it comes to my skill level. Uh, my wife is not that way at all. She is not the most skilled player. Uh, she can do some pretty good things when it comes to platforming but she's not the best right uh will there be lives or like a game over screen when going through this game you know how challenging are you making this because you you mentioned uh you know roughly at the top where you said something to the nature of this is for you know everyone you could play with your parents you could play with you know your partner you could play with whoever right what are we thinking when it comes to like a difficult uh you know difficulty scale when it comes to the game Okay, I just want to say that um, you know uh, we are uh, really focusing to getting the, the flow to, to the player. So we want to make the experience as uh, flow more continuous as possible. And uh, we are actually working on a system where you can help each other. So if they're you know a skilled one, then always all that help the, the other guy when he's in dangerous situation, for example. When the, uh, the cat uh, jumps into the water, and you can all go game over on, you can uh, use the fish to help him and keep going. So it's really up to you uh, if you, you know, to uh, manage the flow of the game on the people that are actually playing the game. Right. Uh, we also want to, you know, uh, give uh, extra point to the one who really work well together. So there are um, all uh, you know, um, extra challenges and also uh, prize if you do, for example, all the level without dying or without uh, making a problem for the other player. Um, so the game experience really uh, fits to, to the player who is actually playing the game. Gotcha. <clears throat> Can- can we talk a little bit more about this this rewarding the player for uh, those who who helped the most, I guess, or those who who were the most communicative? How are you how are you um, you know defining that in this game? Uh, it's something it's something that we are still discussing, so it's a bit early to uh, to give a precise answer. Gotcha. Uh, but what what can I say is that. Uh, we, we would like to give a little prize to people who, who manage to communicate. So if you do a, a specific session, you, you have played the demo and there is a section in which there is a fish who needs mm-hmm. to lift uh, some lily pads yep, yep. Uh, uh, to, to help the cat. Uh, and you can do it uh, like in, in, one, in one try, for example. And we would like to give a little prize, like 
uh, even some little achievement uh, or uh, we were thinking about uh, we have the ask for help uh, mechanic right now that we are still exploring like we we are receiving a lot of feedback now from the demo uh, mm-hmm. but basically is the cat eating the fish and vice versa uh, we want to not make lives so it's not like a spendicot in which you 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 like finish your lives and you go to the game over page that's not going to happen and right. it's not what we are aiming for even the latest crash bandicoot for uh did eliminate completely the ideas of lives and i really appreciated that so uh, i think this is uh, a place where i think platformers are going like no more lives uh, you right. can retry as many times as, as you want. That makes the experience much more flowing. You don't have to start from scratch. That's very frustrating sometimes. So no lives at all. Uh, and also, if you manage, for example, we, we are still thinking this, but if you manage to not to help each other, you mean like not to fall into the water uh, too many times. That means that you did a lot of things right with mm-hmm. your partner. Uh, we were thinking about opening some different section of the level uh, or oh, okay. maybe unlocking some mini games that are going to give you more play and more fun. So if you, if you manage to be good and learn the mechanics, you can then have a little mini game that gives you some extra time on playing, for example. And uh, this is going to be an incentive to play better with your uh, with your friend or your partner. Right, right. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. I like the idea of of having, you know, this extra uh, unlockable stages or this these pathways that based on your ability gives you that that extra emphasis on being better but doesn't also box you out where it's like this is just extra content this is just you know as you practice you'll get better if you want to try it out but like you can still possibly struggle because the person you know might need more help and you can still get through the game by just you know learning to do that that communicating that working together um is there one character that you think in your mind is is easier to play or like i'm thinking of once again more of an accessibility thing of like if i'm the person who is the more skilled player and then there's another is there a character who might be more fit for that role or are you trying to to really fit where you know the different challenges and the things that that happen you're trying to make sure that those responsibilities are shared among the two characters what we want to achieve is to uh, keep the game always playable in uh, each direction. So, uh, for example, a level will be harder for one of the characters. The next one will be uh, the harder character, the character that will struggle the most. So you can always uh, exchange the, the, the controller right. with, uh, who are you playing with. And have always the, you, and a different experience. You can play the game many times in this way if you want to uh, you know get you when you play one time you maybe get better then you can retry the, the same pattern that you did the, as a cat uh, you know the next time i'll try to be the fish and so yeah, you have yeah. and you experience the game you know the, the life of the game can grow much bigger yeah yeah okay that makes sense um now uh, you kind of mentioned this already, but I did want to just dive a little bit into it uh, just to see if there's other elements to it. Um, but on your website, you mentioned that there would be an evolving gameplay that consists of new worlds and challenges as you, as you progress. And I, I understand the new worlds because there's you know multiple areas that you're traveling through. But can you elaborate a little bit more on what those challenges might look like? You know, what are the type of things like I, I did like in the demo? There was the 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 idea of the lily pads, right? The fish 
has to raise those lily pads and the cat will have to jump on them quick enough to get you know from place to place right what are some other like examples of the challenges that people might see that they'll have to do to work together uh okay so we don't want to re- re- relieve too much reveal too much sorry because a couple of things i think uh, i think are gonna be very nice to be discovered but if i can say something like the the river having the constraint of the river gives us uh, a good time of thinking how we can use the river and also for example the the weather uh, in our mm-hmm. advantage right so for example we are going to have uh, a, a level in which the wind is very strong and there are going to be a couple of mechanics in which one of the character covered the others from the wind uh, or maybe we can play a lot with the ice and as you can imagine like the cat can stay on top of the ice while the the fish can stay down below the ice like below the thin right. ice uh, and it's all about positive and positive and negative space like always there is or a cat or a fish that are trying to create a positive or negative space to the other in their own element. So uh, that's going to give a lot, that, that gives a lot of ideas to test. Uh, sometimes even we play with animals, uh, for example, in our prototype, you can see even from the, from the main uh, illustration of the game, there are turtles. Mm-hmm. And the turtles like, uh, is, is in one of the level in which the fish is, is, the, is, is the weakest of the, of the team. Right. Uh, because he's he's swimming, and the and the turtles are trying to bite him. So this is the the level in which it's a bit more unbalanced towards the fish because the fish is suffering that, and he needs to escape from the turtles that are gonna uh, chase him. But the cat can stop the turtles because when the cat steps on top of them like stones, the the turtles cannot cannot move anymore. Oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, so this kind of mechanic gives a lot of communication because also uh, as soon as you learn it we can have another twist on it. And we say, okay, now you learn how to play with the turtles, but now try to be the bridge with, of, of turtles. So the, the fish can lure them in specific places of the river right. and the cat can jump on those turtles. So it's always a, a very nice communication. We have tested it on the first prototype in which we had really basic turtles and, and people were, were having fun. Our friends were having fun trying to build paths for the, for the cat. Uh, and yeah, those are the kind of mechanics that we have in mind. Oh, uh, very cool. I, I do we're gonna expand on it. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I still think that's a pretty creative one and, and you know, having that, that, uh, it, it's an interesting challenge to, to come up with, you know, these ideas of how do you make communication a big process and a big part of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, the the last question that I have on the on the game is is really around kind of these collectibles and in, in levels, and I do have a couple other questions, but just specifically around this uh, mechanic, I just wanted to talk a little bit about you know collectibles are great, and I think that you know adding that extra challenge is kind of what uh, a big purpose of those are. It, it seems like, um, but what is the the ultimate like? Are these for bragging rights? Is this for achievement score? Are there, you know, cosmetics or something planned around how many collectibles you get? Uh, what's the the thought process on why someone would want to push themselves to gain these collectibles? Right. Yes, collectibles is still a big topic that we, Gabriele, we are discussing. Uh, so in the end, uh, in the demo, we have put some feathers, uh, and you can collect those golden feathers. Uh, usually, we want to reward player uh, with more game. Like, uh, 
uh, we don't want to give them like just a trophy and you keep your trophy on your shelf and you're, you brag about it. Like <laughs> we want to, we want to expand the experience. If you uh, I, I like playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, for example, mm-hmm. uh, the cool thing is that Donkey Kong uh, rewards you if you, if you play with the game, they reward you with more game. And, and I think, I think that's the best thing that you can do. Like yeah. uh, instead of giving me a skin, because we are not going to have skills. It's not an RPG. So, Right, Even if right. we change skins, and maybe we can do that because some people can can like after the game to change the character look, but we are still discussing that. But we want to just expand the playing experience when mm. you when you collect things, uh, because I don't know. Maybe you can discover a secret area, and for example, I I'm in love with secret areas. Something <laughs> that on Crash Bandicoot really gives me the push of collecting all the diamonds or the yes. gems. Yes, are that you collect different paths, and I want to see those. Like, is that curiosity that really gives me the push? I want to discover more of the of the environment around me, of the of the set of the world of Crash Bandicoot, for example. Yeah. So I am pushed because if it's just skin, uh, personally, I get a bit bored. Like the the gameplay doesn't change really with, with skins. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't give more more hours to the to the to the game. Huh. So, yeah, yeah that's our push. I, I love it because, you know, from a Crash Bandicoot perspective, I'm actually a big fan. Mm. And one of my favorites was the second one where there were those those colored gems uh, that in the game, you know, it, it came out, Crash Bandicoot 2 came out at a time where, you know, the internet wasn't as as big as it is today. And it wasn't as easy to just be like, I want to know all the secrets or all the things in this game and just find out about it. And there's a little bit of, you know, I use it as a crutch sometimes where I have become a person who's like, oh, let me just look this up, right? But I do miss at times the experience that you got from not having a guide, not having uh, something that tells you exactly what to do and having a little bit of that exploration and that that discovery of, oh, what, like where am I going? Like, what is that, you know, you finding that secret uh, pathway and finding out like, I can go here. Like, this is something I can do. Like, it's not the main path. It's something that you discover. And it's game design is such an interesting perspective when it comes to the idea that a game, a developer should try to make it so that a secret is just hidden enough so that it's discoverable and mm-hmm. makes the player feel smart or that they're, you know, uh, figuring it out and beating the game, right? They're like, oh, I'm too smart. I found the secret. But obviously you're putting it in a way that's like hidden, but not hidden enough. Now, like, I love that feeling of of discovery and of of being able to be like, oh, this is so cool. I'm finding X, Y, Z, whatever it is. So from a secret levels perspective, I am totally on board with what you're talking about. That yeah, was, a, I, I don't know why I ranted so much on that, but <laughs> I just yeah. felt like I had to talk about it. Talk, talking about Crash Bandicoot too, like you totally, you totally get, I totally get you because I still remember there is a level in which like you are, you are running the the, the little polar bear, right? And mm-hmm. and at the end of it, you you see that there are, you see for a couple of frames, you see there are some islands, yeah, uh, on, yes, on, on on the ice, and you need to go backwards. And when you discover that that's a secret level, I I still feel goosebump. I was probably seven years old, and when I discovered that. Uh, it's it's one of the best secrets that I think I found in my life, and I still remember that moment. And I I, I would like with Gabriel like to trying to do some level design that brings to that kind of vibes that I used to have. 
right? Uh, it's very hard. Like Crash Bandicoot is a masterpiece, so of course it's it's, <laughs> it's it's almost unfair to compare what we are trying to do to that. But that's that's the goal. That's what right. Is the, I mean, the, hey, dream big. Don't sell yourself short. You know, this <laughs> is you, Joshua, yeah. this is four months work. Like, right? You got yeah. you've got time behind your side you've got uh uh you know all of this uh creative genius and this effort that has come out from such a short amount of time like i'm sure that if you guys and and the rest of the team put your minds together you can achieve greatness i'm sure you will so don't sell yourself short i hate when when developers will will kind of kick themselves down a little bit when they're starting okay. but um but I'm, I'm glad to hear it because honestly, like you should have, you know, that pie in the sky goal of I want to achieve a game as great as one of my favorite games, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm just saying that, Joshua, because it's Naughty Dog, you know, and, and you know, like the, the amount of skills that they, they have. So Of course, of uh, course. It's, it's, it's something like, you know, it's like a master that you look at and you say, okay, I want to I wanna be that person. Like, you know, I want to do that kind of vibes and, and give that kind of emotion to people. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's... Yeah, I totally get it. Um, so one of the things that I did want to talk about before we wrap this episode up is um, we obviously have to talk about the Kickstarter that you were launching for the game. There's a lot going through your heads about preparation. I'm sure there's a lot going on about kind of what happens if we make it big. What happens if we don't make it big? You know, there's there's so much pressure and anxiety that comes from a Kickstarter where it could be both exciting and incredibly painful. Um, I, I just want to start with an open-ended question, which is really, how do you feel about the campaign launching? You know, going into the, I'm sure the amount of of tons of work that you have done. You know, the feelings are really struggling because it's an up and down um, because you always look for uh, you know the numbers and the, you don't know if they works if they don't work so. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally, it's really stressful, but we are oh, working sure. really hard from each point of view, mainly from the communication to uh, you know show the game, talk about it, uh, know that this game is and what the game can be if people can support uh, in what we are doing, uh, and because you know we are putting a lot of heart in this, and also for give the best experience as we could. And you know, uh, we, we can go always for without money, so it would be really hard for us if the people would, you know, support uh, for working. We want to. Um, we are all still discussing what we be, you know, the the reward that we could give, and we think that we will, um, you know, involve the community. They will are slowly growing on our Discord server mm-hmm. and uh, to, you know, uh, understand what they want to have, uh, you know, in exchange of their support. So we want to involve the community in this discussion. Uh, we are surely give a, you know, soundtrack or um, an art book. We are discussing if we can also do the physical version, but the digital one is you know, I think uh, pretty sure, but you know everything is on in discussion uh, yeah. up to now. Yeah, uh, Francesco, do you have anything to add to just the general, you know, anxiety or uh, <laughs> general feeling about Kickstarter and and how the team is doing? 
yeah, Joshua, I have to add that is is an amazing adventure, really. Like it's a roller coaster because for sure, uh, it, it's strange to describe because like you have those moments in which like something in the game works, you see it's fun, and you say, yeah, that's gonna it, it, we are gonna make it, guys. Yeah, like and you have this kind of excitement and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's blissful, really. It's it's a it's a vibe that I really missed in the past years at at work, where you feel very safe. Like here, you feel like very excited. But then I don't know. There is something like even the game. It feels like you are building a card, uh, a house of cards. So sometimes you change something and nothing works anymore. And uh, <laughs> I think that's part of the job. And then when that happens, like you have those hours in which you are oh well, like I'm not sure. Like it's it's a constant curve like between saying okay we can do it we can we can do it we can it's very very exciting uh, i feel positive about the kickstarter i think uh, i think we uh we, we can have some support and we are going to give some nice prizes to to people that want to support us uh but yeah it's it's very hard to tell joshua, joshua there is the a level on uncertainty about kickstarters because right. uh, you see some really nice one that don't make it and you see other that make it and sometimes it feels like there's a bit of magic behind uh, <laughs> and and you cannot control because you can't you can't control what gets viral what doesn't mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I think this uncertainty gives this <laughs> this vibe of uh up and downs that we were yeah. experiencing right before launching it i know i'm sure um it's it's got to be stressful i i hope you know for the best for your team because i know i've i've talked to to developers who are on both you know sides of the spectrum of of ones who have gone to kickstarter and it has been incredibly successful for them and others who who struggled a bit more um and it, it can be you know uh a time of a lot of a lot of stress or a lot of excitement regardless but um this is obviously dependent on funding and what happens with the Kickstarter. But in your minds, uh, and obviously you don't have to give me an exact date because I know that would be kind of crazy. You're only four months in. But when when would you like to see this game uh, you know, be placed into people's hands, right? When are you trying to shoot for, for having a, a finished product? For sure. Uh after next summer that that could mean everything really but yeah uh, yeah yeah we, we we are sure that after the kickstarter and uh, I, I wanted to add that uh, i think we uh, we will love no matter what's the outcome of, of the kickstarter like we are so keen about finishing the game that uh, we really uh, we have a lot of different plans if the kickstarter goes or not uh, and of course even even with the funding like we can even decide what more feature for example right, even right. Even, uh, so Let's say the basic one uh, we are aiming for uh, after next summer, realistically next winter, so still a year of work from now. So it's going to be t- uh, 2022. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it, it still depends. Like we are open to change the plans if we see that everything works or not. Uh, right, But right. Yeah, give or take, that's the time length that we are, ha- have given us to, to, to deliver the game to, to the public. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm excited for it. 
Um, obviously it takes time. Obviously there are some things that are dependent on the funding and, and yeah. what happens. Cause I mean, Hey, this could be a total big success. You get a ton of money and then, you know, figure out like, Oh, we want to add like four more levels. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Let's, let's dream a little big or, or we have a, a whole funding section for all of Francesco's secret levels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Be dream. I will look up with secret level everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> then you can't even tell what's a secret at that point. It's just everything secret. Yeah, if if everything is secret, nothing is secret, right? So yeah, we, we need to balance that out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to wrap this up with one final question, which is uh, what I ask of all of the people who come on to my show. Uh, I love hearing advice from those who got into the indie space, those who are you know uh, veterans from it, those who are are relatively new, like yourselves. Um, for those listening who might be interested in starting their own project or just getting into the game space, what are some tips that you would give them from what you've learned so far? Start trying. Start trying is the first one because you have to, to try. So if you over, if you ever consider to do to try this thing, just try out. It's uh, it's the first point. Then you will discover that. Everything will be easier. I mean, it, it gets harder, but you understand the, which way you have to, to go. So just start. start yeah, just be like uh, Gabriel. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> when a buddy of yours says, do you want to quit everything and start a company and create video games? Just say yes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if I can add to this tip, uh, I can I can just say that Everybody who wants to make a game can do it, but you need to pick very carefully your strength point. And everybody has got a strength point. So, for example, if you are a writer uh, and you want to make an indie game, don't don't try to do a platform. For example, do something which you can use. You mm-hmm. can you can make at good use what you are good to. Uh, for example, writing. Or if you are someone who really likes psycho- psychology, I don't know. Uh, why don't you try to use that skills that you have to make a game? So uh, that's, I think, it's a good economy because you don't have to pay for something that you are really good at. Right. And that's going to really give an extra push to your game because if you try to do something which you are not good at, like a style or try a game which you don't have any experience, you're going to struggle, I think. But yeah. if you use what you know, uh, I think I think that's going to be much easier. <laughs> I like it. For those listening, River Tales is currently in development and has a live campaign on Kickstarter to try and help fund the game. So if any of this sounded interesting to you, be sure to go head over there and back them so we can make this game a reality. Once again, to both of you, Gabriel Francesco, uh, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you, Joshua.